Vsauce, Kevin here. Matt, please tell me something. Okay, since we had the, the interviews with Dr. Grande and Dolan Dark, we talked about sky meat at the beginning of that, the Kentucky meat shower. Uh, I've been thinking about sky meat a lot since. And so I came up with another case of it. I don't blame you. Yeah, yeah. Who can stop, really? <laughs> uh, so in 1994, the Oakville Blobs rained down. That sounds like a AAA baseball team. <laughs> <laughs> the Oakville Blobs. <laughs> so, so late at night, it, it rains, and there are these little blobs. They're small, like rice grain, half the size of that it was described as. Uh, unfortunately, a kitten eats them and dies. This, this is terrible. Oh, no. Yeah, and uh, somebody's grandmother comes into contact with them, and she gets sick. It's a thing, and nobody knows what this substance is. Um, people started looking into it, and it was thought to be human cells of some kind. Uh, then it turned out they couldn't be human because of the cell structure. Uh, there's a theory. Okay. What's the theory? I was thinking State Puff Marshmallow Man uh, finally exploded. It's but... just like that, where little bits rain down. Yeah. What's, what's your theory, though? What's your guess? My guess of the actual thing, not yeah. not my joke guess of, of the Ghostbusters uh, scene. Um, um, let's see. Uh, perhaps jellyfish were launched into the air by a getting stuck in a whale's blowhole. Okay, so nobody's going to believe this, but... Kevin didn't know that I was going to talk about this before. Am I right? You're so close to right that it freaks me out. <laughs> yeah, like you're pretty close to right. What is it? So the main theory on this is that this was in Oakville, Washington, by the way, the state of Washington. Okay. Um, the theory is that the military was testing bombs something like 15 miles off the coast. And that sea matter, this particulate, got blown up so high in the air it got into the clouds. They were testing bombs in the ocean? Yeah, away from people, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, this this particulate went up into the clouds and probably got some additional moisture in it and whatever. And then rained down on the actual land. And so that it's it's like ocean matter, which could have, you know, be a mix of jellyfish and algae and whatever's in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. So basically a government bomb blowhole blew this up and it rained down and wreaked havoc on kittens and grandmothers. Right. It's rain and blobs. Hallelujah. It's <laughs> rain and blobs. <laughs> so the opposite of a blob is Quebecop. Yeah. who is one of the hardest working people genuinely that I've ever met in my entire life. I mean, we get we get into the fact that the first time that you and I met him, he had to leave because he had a business call at midnight with his business partners in Amsterdam. Yeah. And when you watch him, uh, when you watch his gaming videos, he's having a great time. He has more fun playing games than pretty much any anybody on the planet. And you wouldn't think that uh, this guy who is playing everything from Grand Theft Auto to uh, decapitating his little character in Happy Wheels is a business mastermind that's pretty much unrivaled. We haven't we haven't talked to anybody who has done what he's done with building a career and then turning it into an international empire. But yeah, with no formal training whatsoever, he is essentially like a YouTube business guru. And we get into the details of that. Uh, we get into the details of his, just his thoughts in general about being uh, an, a YouTube creator and, and the pitfalls of that and um, when to say no to different opportunities, when to say yes. And yeah, that line between being a performer and just being Jordy. He's really honest about the social implications, whether it's family, friends, his girlfriend, who uh, is also a YouTuber, mm -hmm. uh, does quite well. Uh, he's really honest about how that breaks down and what it's really like. And as crazy as it is that he came out of high school and immediately went to uh, went into full time YouTuber mode, um, he's pretty young. And has this perspective that it's almost like we're talking to some like Warren Buffett level 
lifelong <laughs> business mogul yeah. because he, he really understands this is how it's going, going to affect my life. This is how it's going to affect my business. And the, the maturity and expertise that comes out of everything he says uh, it's really kind of a mind-blowing thing. Yeah, I mean, he's making videos, electrocuting video game babies. Yes. While also, like, talking about vertical integration and opportunity cost. Yeah, there's really nobody like him. No, no. So you're about to hear him, you're about to hear Cop talk about everything we just detailed. <laughs> Especially electrocuting babies. Especially that, but much, much more, because you are about to enter... Well, Quebble Cop, the place that I want to start with you is Quebble Cop. What in the world is that word? What is that name? Why did you choose it? What does it mean? Yeah, so uh, Quebble Cop is Dutch for chatterbox. Um, I, uh, I got the nickname when I was a kid and uh, I carried it over to my YouTube channel to my to my it became my username on the Internet pretty much. And then uh, I ended up starting a YouTube channel and I kind of was stuck with the name. Everybody knows it, I guess. So so you basically turned your your childhood nickname into a profession. Uh, it was more like my my video game nickname. So I was I was playing like Minecraft or Call of Duty. And then on the Xbox, my nickname was Quibble Cup. And then, uh, yeah, carried it over. And when did you start making YouTube videos? Pretty young, I assume. Uh, end of 2012, end of August 2012. But how old were you at the time? Uh, 17. 17 when I started doing uh, daily videos. I think I made my first one when I was 15, uh, but that wasn't really like serious or anything. Were you still in high school at the time? Yes, yes. And people at high school, they, they would laugh at me. What? They would do my they would do my intro. I had this silly intro. It was a very stupid intro. And then I would walk in and they would look at me and they'd do my intro and take the piss. Wait, how did the intro? Now you have to tell yeah. us what the intro we was need like. This intro. How did it go? It's like, um, hey, what's up, cops? It's Quavo Kapir. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the exact intro, yeah. So you would go home from school every day and make these videos? Yes. Um well, when I was 17, I started doing it daily. So uh, I had my exam period and I was record like one horrible video every day. Uh, but by doing it every day, I managed to get really, really good at it very quickly. And this was all Minecraft, right? It was. It started off as Minecraft. Yeah, but it was Call of Duty, Minecraft. And then um, it's pretty much those two games until Grand Theft Auto finally came out. Uh, but that was already after high school. Yeah. And then Grand Theft Auto took off, Happy Wheels, so many other little games. Yeah. And did you go to college or did you just, after high school, dive right into full-time YouTubing? So in the Netherlands, it's called, high, it's called college, what I did. But it's uh, the American standards of high school. Pretty much I was in school till I was 18. And uh, um, the next chapter would be for me to go and go to university. Um, so next up, I would go and become a doctor or whatever. So I, I pretty much told my mom when I was 18, I said, hey, I'm, I'm done with school. I kind of don't want to go back. I want to do this YouTube thing full time. And she said, well, Jordy, you're crazy, <laughs> right? Um, so I said, mom, OK, well, I want to do this. Maybe we can, you know, come up with a come up with a deal. And she said, OK, you know what, Jordy, if you make minimum wage within the next like nine months, you can do YouTube. If you don't make minimum wage within the next nine months, you are you have to go to university to apply for whatever I wanted to do at the time. I think become a doctor or uh, go into movies or something like that. So I said, challenge accepted. Let's do it. And uh, two months later, I, I came back. My mom was sitting on the balcony and I said, Mom, I have to tell you something. And um, my mom looked at me and she said, Jordy, what? Are you gay? <laughs> What? No. Is that what you said? said? I said, Mom. I said, Mom. I said, I'm not gay. I like girls. And she said, Oh, too bad. I would would have loved to go shopping with you. Um, and I, I said, Mom, I'm, I'm making like way more than minimum minimum wage right now. Um, and she said, Okay. Well, I guess we're gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to help you out now because you have to pay taxes. <laughs> and I was like, What are taxes? And then, uh, Yep. That's uh, that's pretty much a start. That's a fair deal, though, yeah. isn't it? 
that she gave you yeah. a, a decent window, which it's a long enough window to get going, but it's not so long that it's a, a ridiculous wait time. If she said, oh, let's let's give this five years to see if it works out. I'd say that's overly generous. Nine months is is a, a full term of a baby. Like that's, you had yes. to birth a career in nine months on yeah, YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> that's literally what her ultimatum was. And I think that's totally reasonable. Your mom sounds awesome. She she works for me now. Oh, yeah. What um, does she do? Yeah, she uh, she does. Uh, she runs the back end of um, uh, all the companies I have. Uh, so when uh, salaries need to be paid, when contracts need to be checked, let's say I need I need some help with that with a property I own. I need to sell it, but I'm not in a the country. Then mm-hmm. she'll help me with that. Yeah. And what did she do before that? Uh, she used to uh, be in HR. Okay. In the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam. Okay, cool. Yeah. But the business side of this is exactly what I wanted to get into with you and is exactly why I wanted to talk to you because uh, you and I met in person uh, and Matt was there too at VidCon uh, earlier uh, this year. And for those who don't know, VidCon is the big video creator event every single year. It's held in Anaheim in a big convention center and businesses go there. Creators go there. It's like the one big hubbub uh, per year where everyone kind of gathers in. Yeah, it's like 25, 30,000 people, isn't it? So where all the YouTubers do drugs together and... Oh, wait, sorry, we're live, right? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Yeah, I'm joking. I, I don't know which uh, which event that is. Hey, but... You forgot? Yeah. Oh, no. no, I'm joking. <laughs> it's, it's where YouTubers mostly hide in their hotel rooms, actually, and get room service because everyone is socially awkward. But... Yeah, 30,000 people get together and then uh, uh, the top YouTubers find a way to avoid them all. <laughs> <laughs> The room service was really bad, by the way, in the hotel there. I uh oh, putting them on so blast. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Okay, <laughs> got to step up your game. Got like some soggy sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyways, anyway. You didn't order the soggy sandwich. I thought it was good. <laughs> no. Uh, so while we were there, um, I don't know how in the world we got into it, but all of a sudden you're telling me about how you read this book about McDonald's. And how McDonald's yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> works on the business side of it and how you were now implementing what you've learned from that book into creating your YouTube business. And uh, it was pretty much the most fascinating thing and conversation that I had in a long time. Well, thank you. Yeah. So I read this book. I think it's The E-Myth. I'm, I'm not sure if I actually have it here in my chill. I actually do. Give me oh, a second. Grab the book then. Okay, Quabble Cop is literally walking away from the mic to grab the book off the bookshelf behind him. So it's called, I just got the book, yeah. The E-Myth, Why Most Small Businesses Don't Work and What to Do About It by Michael E. Gerber, whatever. And, and what it's about is, well, what I just said, why a lot of small businesses struggle and how a McDonald's business uh, can be so successful and... I compared the McDonald's hamburger to a Quibble Cup video. And I said to myself, just like McDonald's, I want to be able to create the perfect McDonald's hamburger at every single location around the world. I I want to do the same thing with my videos. I want to make it so every video I make is always on the same same quality level uh, while I do two videos per day. And um, obviously, I can't do that by myself. I need a whole team. And that's why we have checklists and we have this whole very intense and complicated uh company structure right now uh but it but it's working yeah well that's what Uh, i want to get into i want to get into the checklist so you are still using slack and trillo to to manage all of this okay and how do you use those and what is that interplay like to go from an idea from one of your employees to a finished product on your channel yeah so i i think we should start this at at the beginning right so my youtube channel my Quibble Cup personality, uh, you know, it's a business. Uh, it's, it's also a hobby. I love doing it. Um, but I don't do it on my own. I have seven employees uh, on the Quibble Cup business. 11 employees total, also on the gaming company. And, and these seven employees, they, they help me um, make, a vid- make videos from, from scratch. So one employee comes up with the ideas. And then meanwhile, I oversee all of this, right? So I check everything. Then the uh, then I record it, the idea, uh, then I send it to an editor, then the editor gives it to a thumbnail artist who makes a thumbnail, and then a, a channel manager grabs all of this together and puts it online. 
And we use a program called Slack to communicate uh, because three of the editors are in Australia and one guy's in Canada, one guy's in the UK, one guy's in the Netherlands, two, two guys are in the Netherlands. And how did you find everyone? Because this is literally a global enterprise. So how did you put this together? Yeah, so it's it's mainly uh, scouting for editors, uh, um, looking at channels who make similar type of content, the, the edits I, I like and I think are good. And then with the other with the other jobs, it's a bit more complicated. It's kind of looking for YouTubers who haven't really succeeded that well. And I, I, the, har- the harsh way of saying it is a failed YouTuber, right? So uh, a YouTuber who is in between um, doing it for a hobby and in between full time. Mm-hmm. So somebody who's making a few hundred a month of their YouTube channels, uh, but not enough to live from it. Um, and then by offering them this job, you can say, okay, uh, hey guys, if you work for me, you can still do your YouTube channel on the side. Meanwhile, you learn a lot about YouTube and you can help me out. Um, and then it's a lot of training from there on. I think it took a, took two years for my thumbnail artist to be on par with my vision. Um, and, and And what was that process like for you to stick with this person? Because I imagine after a year of not being happy with them i'm amazed that you were like all right uh, year two here we go yeah that's a lot yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so definitely it, gonna work out in another <laughs> yeah. months it's 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 not that i would uh, uh that i would not dislike his 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 products right what, what the thumbnails he made but it was more of like i would make a, i would come up with an idea for a thumbnail he he would sketch it out and it would be horrible and then after a few times back and forth, he ended up creating the finished product. Mm-hmm. And uh, the longer we went on, the, the faster he managed to get the, the perfect uh, finished product. So now when, when he makes a thumbnail, sometimes he has it, uh, it's, it's perfect straight away. And sometimes it just needs like, it needs to be flipped or mirrored or some colors need a bit of fixing. Um, but it's really, really hard to find something, somebody who's really good at making thumbnails for your channel. Uh, and and for my channel, my thumbnails are very, very important. Well, look, we went through the same process, didn't we? Where uh, we knew, we knew each other, Kevin and I knew each other before, uh, he was on YouTube. Uh, and we, we'd worked on some projects together, but nothing too crazy and certainly nothing consistent where it was the same thing time and again. Uh, but, uh, once you were into Vsauce and all of that, it took a couple years, didn't it? Before I understood what you were doing, where I, I understood the, the vision that you had, which, which Jordy, you mentioned, uh, communicating that vision and then getting somebody to meet it. That was a really long process and it's never going to be a hundred percent. Is it? No, I don't, I don't think it can be because otherwise, you know, you could just do Vsauce 2 without me, I guess. And I, 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 I could kill point. you and wear your skin. You could wear my skin. Um, (laughs) you could certainly wear my flannels. That would be, that would be like the first step. But, um, yeah, I suppose like ultimately the original creator's vision is so hard to just duplicate for somebody else. And, and also I suppose so hard to articulate as the creator to someone else. Um, it just takes, like you said, Quabble Cop trial and error over and over and over again to just kind of chisel away at that marble before it turns into the Venus de Milo or whatever. I, I think it's, I think it's impossible to, for me to say, okay, I have all these employees and I never, ever, ever have to look at my YouTube channel again, uh, because it's my YouTube channel works because of all the things that all the, the exact, the right choices that I've made during my entire YouTube career. And if I get one person to replace it or 10 other people, then I would have to rely on them making the exact same decisions that, that I would make. And with YouTube, it's the smallest thing which can make or break a video. Uh, so for example, um, the most important part of a YouTube video is the video idea. And that's where well, everything revolves around a video idea. So you would need to find somebody who's on the exact same wavelength as me with video ideas in my prime, right? Like my right now, I might have dropped down a little bit too. And then you need to find somebody who can do that consistently for, let's say, five years and have editors who consistently perform the same way, have a thumbnail artist who consistently does it. Um, 
It's just really, really hard. Making McDonald's hamburgers is much easier. This episode of The Create Unknown is brought to you by Harry's. Shh, do you hear that? That's the sound of my facial hair growing. Actually, that would be kind of gross. And even though soon I'll be Harry, luckily I have Harry. Harry's makes high quality blades that'll give your lovely genius face a smooth, delightful shave. Other companies use gimmicks like vibrating heads or flex balls to drive up the price. Harry's got no time for flex balls. Honestly, who does? It's a simple, clean design with quality, durable blades at a fair price. Apparently, they even won the 2018 Esquire Grooming Award. I didn't even know there were grooming awards, but now I want one. Maybe I'll make Create Unknown Eyebrow Tonic or something. Fuller, bushier eyebrows, thanks to the Create Unknown. Yeah, uh, probably not. Probably just stick to the old podcasting thing. Anyway, Harry's is offering listeners of the Create Unknown, that's you, a trial set of products for those of you with wonderful hair-prone faces. They've got the weighted ergonomic handle, the five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and the travel blade cover so that you can take it on the go. It's a $13 value, and you can redeem your trial set. It's waiting for you at harrys.com create. That's harrys.com create. Look, I could spell it for you. H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash create. The great thing about this is that you get a thing and you also support this podcast, which is a pretty good deal, I think. So just use that harrys.com slash create link so that they know that we sent you. You'll be supporting the Create Unknown and supporting your naturally rugged yet refined good looks. Yeah, this is a strange balance where you're describing a system that breeds consistency. And yeah. that's working exceptionally well. At the same time, if, if you get hit by a bus tomorrow, the, the Quibble Cop Empire does not function the same it's without gone. you. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. And, and the same thing, you, you're talking about being hit by a bus, uh, you know, and being injured and maybe dying or being in a hospital. But it's even a, a, a lot like a lot of people don't realize that even smaller things can influence somebody's YouTube channel. Let's say you just get sick, right? Uh -huh. For a week. Then for this entire week, either no videos or the videos are less quality. Um, and that can spiral out of proportion. Um, let's say um, a traumatic event happens. Uh, one of your, uh, uh, you know, parents passes away or your girlfriend breaks up with you, right? Or, um, you know, some people even have, have, have smaller things. Uh, let's say you get so much money that now all your friends are going to go crazy. And uh, your friends aren't your real friends anymore. And, and they just see you as uh, a money cow. Um, like there are all these little things YouTubers have to deal with while still trying to be consistent with their uh, YouTube videos. And all, all the viewers see is this YouTube video while in the meantime... There are many, many YouTubers out there who, who, who are struggling with this stuff mentally because it's like it's it's a very, very new and stressful and, and uh, athletic business as in you always got to perform. Jake was talking about this. Jake from Vsauce 3 uh, had, a, had a vlog on his personal channel where he detailed exactly what you just said. And he talked about, uh, well, number one, he dealt with cancer a couple of years ago. That's a significant thing in terms of affecting yeah. your production and your health, your physical ability to perform and all of this. Uh, but he just had, a, you know, in some ways a hard year after that. And he detailed like this disrupted my creative process and my ability to churn out Vsauce 3 in a certain way. And so yeah. I had to pull back until all of that got sorted out. And then he went straight into Can You Survive the Movies and everything else. But it's a perfect example of him detailing exactly that disruption. Jordy, do you think that, that a lot of the problem um, or the reason that it becomes so much more of a big deal for YouTubers is because of the consistency of needing to create as opposed to other people in creative fields like an actor or a musician who it seems like they can lay low for a little while if things are going wrong. They can turn down, if they can afford to, a movie role or you know, take a while to make their next album or go on tour. But 
with you, if you're not uploading every single day, everyone's like, well, what happened to Quebecop? Yeah, I, I feel like it's getting worse and worse over the years, right? So first you had, you had uh, you know, actors and musicians. And, and with an actor, you can say, I'm going to do one good movie a year. And, and you're not going to be busy all year. You're going to be busy a few weeks. And then that, could, that movie could pay for the entire year. Uh, for your entire year and sometimes even for your entire lifetime if you do well, right? Uh, and then you have musicians um, and let's say we get a Drake or a Kanye West or a Kendrick Lamar. They might drop a new album every year um, if you're lucky, right? And then now you're you're moving a step further. You go for DJs, right? So let's look at a Martin Garrix. Martin Garrix is, uh, um, you know, he's pumping out new track every month. And then he also has to perform all the time. And, and while performing, he starts his show at midnight, like 11 or maybe midnight and goes on to 5 a.m., right? So, so the, the pressure is already really high. And then you look at a YouTuber and, you know, want to be a successful YouTuber, you got to do this stuff every day. No weekends for you, no holidays for you. And then the final step we have right now is being a streamer. Like, look at the biggest streamer uh, in the world right now, Ninja. He's streaming six days a week, right? And he is on with these lights and performing and one little slip up and, uh, you know, he gets put on blast. And it's not necessarily the fact that he's playing video games and he's looking at the camera, but he needs to keep it in the back of his mind too. Like, okay, if I say something wrong, I'm going to like, it's going to hurt me, right? It could instantly ruin his career. I mean, it's going to yeah. be headline news everywhere. And yep. uh, gigantic backlash, boycott ninja, blah, 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 blah. I mean, the implications and the pressure there couldn't be larger. It's kind of crazy. And then six days a week, right? Like, no, you don't have any How many hours time a day off. does he do on, on during those six I, days? I think he streams like 10 hours a day, what? if not more. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's insane. And, and you know, props to him for, for still being able to do that. Uh, but I'm already stressed out if I'm I'm working a little bit too long and then... I can still take holidays, right? I can work ahead of schedule. Ninja takes holidays. People are like, Ninja's dead. I'm going to unsubscribe <laughs> from his Twitch. Uh, he died of Ligma. That was a joke a, a while back. And um, it, it seems to be getting worse and worse and worse. And, and it results in creator burnout. Um, but then the platforms aren't really helping because they're literally built around consistency. I was, uh, this, oh boy, this was June, July. Uh, I was in Las Vegas and went to the opening for uh, the esports arena at the Luxor. Mm -hmm. And Ninja, uh, the event was built around Ninja playing uh, a, a series of, of people uh, with yeah. us. I forget yeah. what game uh, I, it no, was. I've, I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. And I remember looking online at the event, you know, like I'm up on the balcony and, and thinking like, oh, what are people saying about this thing that I'm looking at? Mm -hmm. And there were people on there who were complaining about him not not streaming, uh, yeah. like in the traditional location or doing this, the same thing. And I'm like, this is a widely publicized event. That's, that's awesome. Like yeah. to open this incredible gaming arena in the Luxor. Uh, and he's getting a hard time from this segment of people just because he's doing something really useful, but slightly different than the normal schedule. Yeah. And it's, it's massive, right? Like if you think about it, this, this guy who's usually, just gaming, right? And yes, hundreds of thousands and millions of people are watching him. He's now in this, is it casino or arena or wherever yeah. he's at, right? Performing for people live. Uh, they're like people in the audience. It's like, it's a big, big thing. Yeah. Um, to Obviously, anybody would say, yeah, sure, that, that sounds great. But he might think, oh, I should have stayed home and streamed. Uh, one of the craziest examples I thought of the other day was, um, I think I've been asked to do a tour at least 10 times in my YouTube career. And I've never said yes. Because like to anybody else, it's like, you, you're going to do a tour, you should do a tour. It's sick, right? You're going to travel <laughs> the world. You're going to be performing on stage. That's like a dream come true. And I would have said the same thing before starting a YouTube career. But now I think, okay, Imagine I go on tour for three months. That means that I need to neglect my YouTube channel for three months. The stress is not going to be worth it. After these three months, I'm going to have to resurrect my YouTube channel. On top of that, my girlfriend, my friends, I won't be able to see them for three months. I'm most likely the people I'm going to be touring with. I'm going to get crazy. 
uh, uh, I'm going to go crazy from them, right? Um, and it's uh, these, these very basic things aren't possible anymore simply because you have such a demanding uh, business to run. Well, it's amazing that they're not even basic things. They're like tremendously amazing opportunities, whether it's... Yeah. Ninja at the Luxor, or you going on a three-month world tour (laughs) that now, for the reasons that you are successful, because of being able to be um, accessible to everyone all the time around the world, these amazing opportunities are now seen as a burden and a problem and something to avoid. Playing in movies, playing in shows, they all become very, uh, very complicated simply because I, I need to make a video at least one video every day or stream every day or work on my YouTube videos every day. So you've built a, a, a prison of your own success. Yes. <laughs> it, it's, it's horrible. No, I, 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 I love it. I, I feel like I have a very, very healthy balance now. I just, somebody approaches me with an opportunity. I just say no. It's, it, just say no to all the fun things. Um, but yeah, that, I, I love it. I, lo- I love making videos. It's like, uh, wasn't that Nancy Reagan slogan in the 80s? Just say no to drugs. Yeah. And, uh, but now it's just say no to like life-changing opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> Lucrative baller opportunities. Yeah. Just yeah. say no. Yeah. That's, that's really what we want in a business cast is, uh, podcast is, is like, <laughs> hey, anytime something incredible comes your way, just absolutely say no. Never just, consider Just this. be realistic. Yeah. yeah. I, I've had a time where I said yes to everything. And then for like a month, I was like, oh, my God, why am I doing this interview? Oh, my God, why am I doing this photo shoot? Oh, my God, why am I writing a book now? You know, do, do you have Actually, to do that at a certain point? Do you have to just say yes to a load of things, even if you don't want to, to build a, kind of a critical mass where you yeah. get the privilege to say no? Well, so so I asked myself that question still, and I, I think the answer is way, way simpler than that. It's does this will this benefit you more than you spending that time on working on whatever company you have, right? So, for example, imagine I have to go for a photo shoot and I'll be in a magazine, fashion magazine. That might take three hours out of my day. In those three hours, I could have done a a group recording with my friends and pumped out four videos, right? Obviously, out of those four videos, I'm going to get way more money, fame, reach, whatever you say, than just being in this little magazine. And, and the same thing goes when you go on tour, when uh, you go on a TV show. And uh, if, you're very, if you're a very small YouTuber, those things could be huge, right? They can really, really help you uh, um, grow your business. But if you're a little bit of a bigger YouTuber, at that point, you're like, if I do spend that uh, time on it, the only benefit I can gain from it is that I'm having a good time. So... You know, like it could be fun to go on on a podcast, right? Like I'm enjoying this podcast. Right? When you, when you when you guys approached me, I was like, yeah, I love going on podcasts uh, um, because I love talking and I love I love you know just having a good time for I mean an hour. Uh, uh, that's completely fine. I've done podcasts which are four hours long, um, but if I would think about it as in like a a, a business stance, I don't see uh, a, a ma- I, w- I, w- I assume I won't see a massive impact in my uh, uh, business in the ne- in this hour that we're talking right yeah I think that we're at a really interesting moment right now in in media and in entertainment history where there's this weird overlap between traditional media like what Matt and I certainly grew up with we're a little older than you Jordy um and I know that our younger listeners probably didn't know what life was like without YouTubers and stuff uh, too much now. But uh, where there are these opportunities to do a photo shoot for a magazine, do a tour, uh, appear in a music video or a movie, where when we grew up, that was like the height of exposure. That was the height of credibility. That was the height of letting your friends and family know like hey i actually made it you know like i am yeah. like a youtuber is is a, should be considered a real thing because i have received acknowledgement from traditional media but what you're detailing which i think is really new and important for people to hear is that ah that might be over like those days might be gone 
Yeah, and, and, and really, they are. like, yeah, you you you're just kind of. It's not worth it, right? If you if you think about it, there are many many YouTubers out there. Look at the Shane Dawson documentary. Like some episodes got twenty million views. The Walking Dead doesn't even get twenty million views. Yeah, right per episode. No, not and, even close. And and, and I, I experienced it too when I was growing up. I was watching The Walking Dead every day, and if and, and you know, or every every week. And if I would have seen those uh, uh, those people, or if I would have appeared in an episode of The Walking Dead, that would have been the highlight of my life, right? Mm-hmm. But now you, you have these YouTubers and and these kids growing up, and their highlight of their life would be meeting Shane Dawson or being in a documentary, right? The pinnacle, uh, you were talking about what the, the credibility was, where people recognized you as being real and this is a thing. The pinnacle of that was being in the newspaper, kind of, because that was accessible more than TV. Like, oh, there's this thing in the paper. <laughs> like, this is, this is real. Now, what would, in print, what would even excite you other than, like being on the front page of the New York Times, that's significant. That's cool. Uh, but you'd never front page make of Reddit for <laughs> exactly yeah, front yeah, page yeah. of Reddit. Yeah, uh, the New York Times, you'd never make it unless it was some terrible reason, like some yeah, horrendous. Yeah, you scandal. don't want to be on the front uh, page, do you? No, no one is writing like a fluff piece about <laughs> anything in the newspaper. It's all, it's all doom and gloom and um, horrible things. You're working ridiculously hard. Obviously, you know, we detailed the system that you've created. And that's another thing that I wanted to get into because you have this image, this front-facing image on YouTube of being this boisterous, almost like living cartoon character playing these silly games. (laughs) But meanwhile, you're like literally one of the most uh, insightful and business-minded people I've ever met in my life. Yes. Well, well, thank you, first of all. And yeah, and that's just, that's just how it is, right? I, I started it off the whole the whole YouTube business as um, uh, Quibble being an amplified version of Jordy. So if I would laugh about a little laugh a little bit about a joke in a video game, Quibble would scream and shout and and start rolling on the floor. <laughs> um, and that's pretty much the mindset I, I kept for Quibble But the easiest way to explain it is I'm an actor, right? What you see on my social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and what you see on my YouTube channel, which is also social media, or, or on my Twitch, it's an act, right? It's, it's a Quibble Cup act. If I do a prank on my girlfriend, it's not real. It's a prank. It's, it's a video. It's a movie. It's for entertainment purposes. And very, very rarely do my viewers get to see the real Jordy, right? Very rarely do you get to see the, the real Quibble Cup. And, uh, uh, that's something that fascinated me, obviously. Um, and, and in the meantime, I've always been thinking about like, how can I grow my YouTube channel the, the, uh, to like as big as possible? And how can I, you know, how can I, how can I stay alive on this platform for as long as possible while still having enough fun for it to be worth it for me? And that's kind of where my, my business, business thing came from. Uh, always looking to learn about stuff. I'm reading and watching videos, talking to people. Um, and then in the meantime, when the camera goes on, I look like a 14 year old kid (laughs) who has seen boobs for the first time, you know? (laughs) So, so what I don't think people understand, and and this is what Kevin was just talking about is they see this one thing. And if we ask any of the 10 million subscribers on one platform alone, I don't know how many it is combined, 10 trillion with everything yeah. added up, you know, uh, they have, if we ask them to describe who you are and, and what you do, um, they're going to describe something very different than who we were talking to at VidCon. And one of the coolest moments this year of VidCon was talking to you at whatever event it was. It was fairly late. It's like 11 o'clock and uh, just one of the kind of social things. And you you said, oh, I, I got to go in a minute because I have, I have a call. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, at midnight. And, and I, I'm like, oh my God, everybody else at this event is like 12 beers deep right now. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, you're going to skip out and do a business call at midnight and then come back and, and get on with the evening. And I, before that point, I don't know if I'd seen any of your videos. So after VidCon, <laughs> like I knew who you were, but 
After VidCon... You were expecting Vsauce 4 from me, right? Well, what I wasn't <laughs> expecting was to, say, was to go on your channel and see a video of you electrocuting a baby. Yeah. <laughs> a, a video game baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Video game baby. Video game baby. That should be clarified for listeners. My lawyer is called, guys. It's a video game baby. Okay. Yeah, yeah a video game baby sticking a fork in, a, in a, an electrical outlet. The, uh, the thing was, I, I was in, we were in LA, right? Yep. Uh, or Anaheim, sorry. And, um, and there was this party. And um, I have uh, a gaming company now in Amsterdam, which is nine hours ahead of LA. So they get started at nine in the morning, which is midnight LA time. And um, I, I, I'm, I stopped drinking. I, I haven't had alcohol since then, see, a month before or so. So um, I was like, I, I, I told my guys in the Netherlands, well, could have a call 6 p.m. your time, but it's a, it's a bit late and I'm going to go pretty like all out tonight. Um, so instead, let's have a call at midnight my time, but I'll most likely be at a party. And then that was that party was in the, uh, um, in the hotel, right? Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and then it was midnight and I walked out and I sat down and I just had a 30 minute call about, you know, the company's vision and, and how we want to proceed with things. Um, yeah, that's uh, you got to be dedicated, right? But if you, if you don't, if you don't every, work hard enough, yeah. Everyone else is just eating corn dogs, and yeah. um, just trying to promote themselves, probably, or introduce themselves to you know other YouTubers to to network. And yeah, I had, maybe at at best that's had, what they're hey, doing. You want to collab? Yeah, corn dogs collab. and Heineken, and and yeah. was uh, talking to your girlfriend about eyebrows and eyelashes. Yeah, and about probably makeup. cops outside uh, having a business call in yeah. Amsterdam. Yeah, the next day I was like, oh, somebody did this better than I did. <laughs> like, this guy's probably doing it right. But yeah. I'd love to talk about your game company because you spent yeah. all of these years building an audience, playing other people's games, yeah. and here you are now ready to create your own. So Yeah. So, so I've been doing YouTube for six years now, right? And uh, in these six years, I've learned a lot. So if you're a doctor, you learn a lot about the human body. As a YouTuber, you learn a lot, if you want to, about how your videos work, how, how uh, thumbnails work, how YouTube works, right? How the algorithm works and this and that. And um, one of the things I learned a lot, and, and I still do this daily, is I look at video games and I look at them and I can instantly see, okay, this is going to be a good game to play on YouTube. This is going to be a game my audience will find funny. Or I'll say, this is going to be a horrible game. Um, second of all, I play these video games and I'm promoting these companies. My channel is like three and a half billion views and I'm just promoting these guys, their, their games. I think I've promoted uh, uh, GTA with a billion views, right? That's probably resulted in a whole lot of sales for them. So when I was sitting down and coming up with these crazy uh, company ideas, you know, how, how can we implement artificial intelligence in our daily lives and sunglasses with, uh, uh, you know, our, uh, 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 our thingy reality and then whatever. Uh, I, I, I asked myself, well, why would I try to start a crazy business like that when in the meantime, I've been building up this experience in... Um, in, 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 this, in this YouTube scene, right? So it would only be smart to launch another business which would, could really synergize with my already existing YouTube business and knowledge. Um, so I thought, well, a gaming company would, f would fit in great. If I could play the games I would make on my YouTube channel, then I will never have the problem of having to try and find good games to play because I make them myself. And then while making them, it's like having a YouTube brand deal um, I promote my game, uh, which will result in my game getting a lot of sales. Um, so I thought, okay, let's start a gaming company because then I'm 100% in control of what I make uh, versus me now having to find a new game. Oh, hey, look, the new GTA came out. I'm going to play that or let's play some Fortnite. Let's hope a new update comes out. So um, that's a gaming company. Me trying to make games that work on YouTube. It's it's genius. I mean, I think that that's like 
I'm not a business guy, so I don't know what things like vertical integration mean, but it's something along these lines, yeah, right? Yeah, that's what it is. This, that's, that's what, what, it, what is, it is, right? Vertical yeah. integration. It's like yeah. Amazon getting into the shipping business because they're like, wait, why are we uh, dealing with, you know, UPS all the time yeah. when we should just have our own shipping company? We'll You're just have our out. own, yeah. you know, we'll just buy Whole Foods and, you know, we'll yeah. have our own grocery store. You cut out the that whole variable, that whole third party that... You don't have to worry about, you don't yeah. have to worry about them making changes or how that's going to affect what it is you do. You take control of that and then it does exactly what you need it to do. It's predictable. When there is a problem, you're obviously going to be the first to know. You don't yeah. have to uh, play catch up the same way as you do when you're depending on on some of those things. Like uh, I imagine, well, you know, how, how many times have we waited on some awesome video game, you know, soon, soon. And it dissolves or it's not nearly as cool as you thought it was going to be or just a million problems. Being reactionary to stuff like that is is tough. That's really hard. And you've totally eliminated that variable. Yeah. And that's uh, that's the plan, right? So what are some of the elements, just going back to what you said earlier, that make a video game great to play on YouTube and make a video game terrible to play on YouTube? Yeah, so obviously I can't I can't give away all my secrets. Yeah, you can. Um, <laughs> Just they're, give, they're... give us the generic version. <laughs> right. No, okay, okay. And 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 even even I could give you guys I could tell you everything, right? But then you don't have that six years of experience which I do. Mm. So so it's like yeah, you can you can run for a kilometer, but you can't run a marathon. Um. Anyways, I me mean, my my weird saying. I don't think I can even run a kilometer. I'm, uh, I'm so out of shape. No, if I had to run for my life, I'd Come just on, guys. lay down. We, the, yeah. <laughs> Heart so, attack halfway through. <laughs> so some very, uh, very basic things are visuals. Visuals are very, very important for video games, right? Um, if a game doesn't look good enough, people aren't going to watch it. Um, the, the the most basic thing, that's that's what I tell everybody always, is a game to be successful on YouTube should be fun to watch. So while you're creating a video game, everybody's always focusing on fun to play. But be, it, it has to be fun to watch and fun to play because else nobody's going to play it and make videos on it. So that, that's pretty much the basics. Um, and then we're looking at visuals. We're looking at, at the way you play the games. We're looking at uh, uh, the amount of content, you, unique content you can get out of a game. Uh, update frequency is very important. If I release a full game and just never look back, people make three videos on it and then that's it. But if I keep updating the game like Fortnite does it right now, then every week I'll return and be like, oh, let's make a video on this. Oh, let's make a video on that. Um, so so those are those are a few of the, the very basic uh, things that make a video game work on YouTube. And then obviously, you know, a follow-up question would be, so so what should it look like? And, and those are things that are very hard to answer, uh, questions that are very hard to answer. Um, because I've, I've, me and my friends, we kind of built this vision, but we can't really put it on paper that easily. So you talk Anyways, about... that's what I'm working on. Yeah, yeah. you talk about a game being uh, fun to watch yeah. as opposed to fun to play. Well, ideally it's both, right? But there's this one video where uh, you're playing a game with with Josh and Jelly, and and we'll yeah. get back to explaining who they are. But uh, it was uh, kind of a fighting game where there are these three brightly colored, little like gingerbread man kind of figures that are totally anonymous, and you're trying to throw each other off different platforms. It's like yeah. a fighting game, and the point is to be the last one left on there. Yeah. Uh, it's not a very sophisticated game. It uh, I don't know how fun it was to play. But, well, like one of the guys is in a little dinosaur suit, so that's cool. But you're seeing three basic figures fight each other and try to push them off a thing. It yeah. was awesome to watch. It was, <laughs> it was so much better so, to watch than almost any game ever. It was amazing. So if you, if you want to know the, the, the game we're working on right now, the main one, it's that game, kind of. Ah! But, but <laughs> with, um, with guns, with jetpacks. So imagine that game you saw. It's called Gang Beasts. Okay. Uh, but now you can have two machine guns in your hands. Okay, that's better. And, and now you can have a jetpack on your back. So you can grab somebody and you can fly off the map and then drop him off and then you can land back on the platform, right? 
or um, imagine that game, but now with a rocket launcher. Oh, that's right? way cooler. Or a grenade. So, so that's the game we're working on. Um, anyways, that's, uh, 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 it's called Gang Beast, and the game is very, very fun to watch. But one of the biggest flaws I saw while playing the game is that there, is, there weren't enough updates. Um, for over the past five years, the game has been updated many, many times, but they weren't the right amount of updates. So new content, there was never new content, right? I would mm-hmm. have loved to see 10 more maps. And, and now being in the business, I know making a map takes like a week. Like, come on, guys, release a new map every week. And um, yeah, no, I, I looked at that game and I said to myself, how can I make this better? Um, and then I looked at another game and I said, I love this game. Why don't I combine the two and use that as my inspiration? And that's what we'll work with. So that made Happy Wheels work, didn't it? Where with the maps, yes, uh, yes we're having user generated yeah. maps. And Happy Wheels is—you can probably describe it better than I can. But yeah, it's, it, I can I can do it really quickly. It's a two D platformer. And you need to go from point A to point B, or you need to complete a task. Um, for example, you need to kill all the babies. Um, <laughs> It always comes back <laughs> to babies with you. I, you should change your name to Quubble Baby. And, and, and with Happy Wheels, the beauty of the game was um, the creators, they let other people create the maps and the, ma- the community became massive, right? So uh, what started as go from point A to point B now became an entire story uh, or it became an entire puzzle. And um, the power of user-generated content is very, very, very strong uh, in certain games. But some games, they shouldn't do it. Um, and, and we're approaching it as in, we're not going to do user-generated content. Instead, we are going to be creating the content, but very, very frequently. Similar to a Fortnite. Okay, so a blend of those two things where yes. you get the variety and the frequency you need, but there's quality control. Exactly, yeah. And you're, you do all of this stuff, not only with your friends, but also with your girlfriend who you mentioned earlier. Um, yeah. Azzyland has a gigantic YouTube channel. She's, she is yeah, she, she's uh, getting a full a, force on YouTube. A hundred million views more than I am every month. So A <laughs> hundred million more than you. Yeah, did did I'm, we book I'm, the I'm wrong very, guest? Very I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe get you could go own, grab guys. her for us. <laughs> um, so, so I met Azzy two and a half years ago in LA at E3. And uh, she was hosting a, uh, um, a YouTube channel called Before They Were Famous. And um, she ended up, you know, starting her own YouTube channel and blah, blah, blah. We started dating and uh, she blew up because, you know, she is she works 12 hours a day. Like, it's crazy. So I'm a workaholic and she's a workaholic. And uh, um, she in this entire, you know, in our relationship, she's been building up this massive YouTube channel. And uh, I'm just I'm just super proud. Uh, Yeah, she. uh, she has 5 million subscribers right now. Occasionally, we make videos together. Um, but it's very nice being in the same business because we can help each other. So sometimes I'm like, hey, Azzy, you know, I'm, I made this video. Uh, I made this thumbnail. Could you maybe look at it and tell me what you think, right? Or do you think, do you think this is a good video idea? Um, and and it, it really makes you understand each other better. If one of us didn't do YouTube, it might have been like, oh, it's 6 p.m. Uh, what the hell, right? Why are you still working? Or it's it's a weekend. Why don't you take the weekends off? Um, yeah, we, we we really made it work. And I know there are plenty of other YouTube couples who also make it work. Um, but we love it. We're very ambitious. She's starting her own projects too. I'm starting my own projects. It's great. So is checking in on like thumbnails and video ideas the extent of your involvement in each other's channels? You, you really just run them independently for the most part? Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Um, we don't sit down and brainstorm about ideas, but sometimes I might be like, hey, I have this cool idea for a video you could do. I'll just throw it her way. And sometimes she might be like, hey, I saw this cool game. Maybe you can do a video about it, right? Um, but that's about it. It's, it's very... we. We, we have our own employees, right? Uh, the businesses don't overlap. And uh, it's nice that way because you don't, you kind of don't want to go into business with your girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife. Uh, that tends to result in, in drama. Um, so we are kind of in the same business, but we just 
are on different ends of the spectrum. This seems like another balance that you've you've kind of nailed pretty well here, where uh, I think it is important, like, like you said, uh, that you can talk about anything. She understands what your business is about and what your yeah. professional life is about, uh, but without being entangled in it and you're not entangled in hers. So you're in a position to completely get what's going on uh, yeah. without without inviting any of those problems that you just mentioned. But what I want to know is, and, and you know, this might be getting a little too personal and Let's you, get you personal. don't have an answer Let's for get it, too but, personal. you know, what I want to know what the five-year plan is for a YouTube couple, because mm -hmm. do you, are you both on the same page of like, let's continue to grind on our YouTube channels for 12 hours a day for the next, until we're, you know, retired at 55 or like, <laughs> yeah. what is that? What is that like? Uh, Cause well, I have no concept of that. It's it. I, I would love to extend it, not just from you and your YouTube couple, but also your best friends, right? Like for me, my best friends are, are Jelly and Josh, right? They know everything about me. Um, we've known each other for years and we talk to each other every day. Uh, they're, by the way, the, for everybody who doesn't know that the people I record videos with every day, almost every day. Um, is Jelly his real name? Uh, his real name is Jelle. Hmm. It's Dutch, uh, but we gave him the English nickname Jelly and then that became his YouTube channel. Yeah, it's spelled with a J. So J-E-L-L-E, isn't that Jelle? Yes, yeah. that's correct. Yeah, so it just yeah. looks like Jelly. Like, mm. how can this guy not be Jelly so, online? Yeah, so in, in, while recording videos, we just said jelly. Um, and, and the other guy is Slogo Man. Um, and, um, uh, uh, he's in so, the UK, isn't he? Isn't he uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's English. He's English. Yep. So, so the five-year plan, and, and we talk about this all the time, uh, and sometimes joke about it, like, you know, I've, I'm done. I'm retiring next week, guys. This, uh, my video <laughs> did bad. I'm, I'm retiring. I am done. Um, I, I think the, uh, what probably all of, us would do is we would we wouldn't necessarily say i'm uh, i'm retiring i'm deleting all my videos i'm done right no i'm deleting all my social media uh, instead what i would do is i would say okay i'm currently doing two videos per day if i want to take a step back i would switch it to one video a day right um i would spend more time on focusing on other things maybe i'll work for three days in the week and then take the rest off or focus on another company um that's an example. Maybe I'll say, okay, hey, I'm going to post one video per week. Um, the reason I never could retire is because I'd be too bored. Like, <laughs> I don't do YouTube at this point in time for the money. Okay, I don't need the money. I'm good. I'm, I'm set, right? And look at this. Nobody can see it, but I have a beautiful chair behind me. I love this chair. <laughs> it's all I need in my life, right? Um, Just you in the chair. Yeah. It's like and, the and end of books. the jerk where he... he uh, well, this is such an old reference, and I'm sorry <laughs> for everyone listening who's right not 35 years old like I am. But <laughs> at the end of the jerk, uh, he, he gets super, super rich, uh, and then, you know, it all falls apart. So he's going through his mansion saying, you know, this is all I need. And it's just like a chair, literally, like just this chair. That's one of the the, the items or like yeah. this paddle game or like this <laughs> ashtray. This is all I need. But, it, but the joke is that he continually like finds things that he still needs until he's just carrying like all of this <laughs> ridiculous stuff. So sorry for my old man tangent there, but you should watch The Jerk <laughs> because it is a comedy classic. Available on Laserdisc and VHS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what it comes down to is, for me, is, um, you know, I just, I, I want to be happy. Um, money doesn't make me happy. Making videos does make me happy. Running a company makes me happy. It, like, I'm genuinely enjoying it every day, uh, you know, researching everything about the channel, researching everything about making video games. And uh, I'm an entertainer at heart, right? So if I can do this, even, even if I don't get paid, I would because I really, really enjoy it. And that's why I think I would never retire it unless I either find something which is way more fun than this or if I physically cannot do it any longer. Uh, for example, if I get a burnout or if I get something, something happens to my throat or, or something like that. And, and I feel like the same thing goes for my girlfriend. Um, she might say, okay, for the next five years, I'm still going to do it. But after five years, I might have set up this, this business or that business or some real estate things or another project. And after five years, you might have lost interest and she might have lost interest. And then we go and do a different business. 
but who knows? We'll see, right? <laughs> we will see. So uh, here at the Create Unknown, we'd like to ask every guest a question that they don't know the answer to because no one does, because you have to make it up on the spot. And okay. it's, a, it's an opportunity to show off the incredible creative brain of Quabble Cop. Let's go. So we're both from New York, which mm -hmm. was uh, originally settled by the Dutch. Uh, New Amsterdam yes. became yeah. New York City, and uh, the capital, Albany Upstate, was originally Fort Orange. Uh, yeah. So let's, uh, we went deep in the genealogical records to find that somebody in your family was on that first wave of, of settlers into New York, and they hung around with ours. So what was the first thing that they did when they got to what would become New York? They, um, they arrived, right? Like they arrived on their big ship. Um, I remember reading this in one of the diaries uh, found on one of the attics of my uh, great, great, great parents' uh, house, uh, which barely managed to survive World War II is crazy. Um, so so they, they arrived on, on one of these massive ships built in the, in, in the Dutch harbors, right? Uh, beautiful woodwork stylish finish half of the crew members died on their journey to new amsterdam they they arrived and it was a beautiful wasteland there was nothing there were some rocks there were some trees there were animals where you picture manhattan but only with trees and animals right they arrived okay they got off their boats and they said, we just came from Amsterdam, okay? The only good thing we could do right now, right here, is smoke a massive joint. And they did. <laughs> I, I had no idea where you're going with that. And, and, and out of a million options, I wouldn't have assumed that. I was thinking, like, tame the wild, <laughs> chop down some trees, maybe build a log cabin, probably hunt and skin some beavers no. and sell the pelts to some natives, but no. You just went <laughs> straight for... Uh... <laughs> they got stoned, and I think we just discovered why in short order, the English took over. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, that has been the history of uh, New York City. Do you history. know why the English took over? A lot of people think that the Dutch sold um, New Amsterdam to, to the English because it was too cold. That mm. was one joke. But it was pretty much they got pressured into selling it, threatened by war. Um, to, to give it up, and then they came up with some silly trade. New, a new Amsterdam for Suriname and one dollar or something at the time. That was, uh, I believe, uh, what happened. Do you regret the deal? Imagine if, everybody, if, if it didn't happen, you guys would be speaking Dutch right here. This podcast <laughs> would have been in Dutch, and most likely none of us would have been born. <laughs> That's right. Well, we fought off the English for you so that you are welcome here in the United Thank States. Thank you so much. Absolutely yeah. anytime. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Thank it was you. great speaking with you, Quabble Cop. And um, yeah, that's about it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you. That was awesome. Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't record. Shut up. Uh, Liar. Uh, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> Thanks to Quabblecop for letting us into his amazing chatterbox brain. You could check out Quabblecop on YouTube and on Instagram. It's spelled K-W-E-B-B-E-L-K-O-P. And there's more info down in the show notes. Thanks for listening to The Create Unknown. If you like what you heard, tell a friend about the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. Both places gladly accept your lovely, lovely reviews. So why don't you, uh, you know, make them happy. Feed the beast. I don't know what I'm talking about. Subscribe to The Create Unknown for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast app. You can follow the show on Facebook and Instagram at The Create Unknown or on Twitter at Just Create Unknown. Our website is thecreateunknown.com. 
TheCreateUnknown.com. The Create Unknown is a Vsauce podcast in association with Triangle Content. We've been your hosts, Kevin Lieber and Matt Tabor. Check us out on YouTube at Vsauce2. That's where we make the videos. The YouTubing videos on YouTube.com. Executive producer is Dave Kiney. This episode was edited by Adam Gnong. Our theme song is from Mega Drive. Check out Mega Drive's website in the show notes. Also, just check out Mega Drive, like on Spotify or Google Play, etc., wherever. Listen to Mega Drive. It will drive you wild. That's that's not Mega Drive's slogan, uh, thankfully. I just made that up. Host and guest portraits are by Tim Webster. His portfolio and website are in the show notes, too. Special thanks to Dorothy Kiney and Paula Lieber. We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. So until then, you are about to exit. And as always, thanks for listening. 